Podcast. Then I would ask yourself the question, why are you running away from your courage? You're, you know, sometimes you're, I slip into the scared of and fear of my own success rather than fear of failure, like the responsibility mm. and the pressure that comes with it. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful souls, to another episode, another listen, another tune in to the Cosmic Love Antenna. I'm your host, Harrison, here with another guest, as always, who I'm going to introduce in two seconds. But I want to start this chat today by getting you to tune in to your body because we're going to get into some spaces and places today that you might be new with. If you've listened to my episodes before, if you've listened to my chakra healing conversations and episodes that I've released, you've started to tune into your energetic being. And today we're going to do more of that with a beautiful, powerful, shining light that I've brought to you today to hear a little bit more about that light. That guest is Miss Ali Paws. She is a friend. She's a connection. She's a colleague. She's also a yoga practitioner and certifier. She's an integrative health coach. She is a meditation facilitator. And as always, and as on theme here on the Cosmic Love Antenna, she is so, so much more. She is an example. When I think of standing in your light and sharing your love in the world, she does it so beautifully through her radiation, through her passion, through her connection into herself. So I'm excited for you to hear a bit about that today. Ali, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Mm, Thank you, Harrison. Thank you for the invite. It's beautiful to be here. And I can hear your groundedness already, Ali. And I think that's probably where I want to start this chat because I don't think many people can find that space, that space and space of <laughs> interconnectedness, right? Find that space of groundedness. So I'd love to start this chat as I do with most guests, learning a bit about you. And I want to hit on a couple of things. First of all, I know you're a yogi, so I want to hear a little bit about your life as a yogi, where it's sort of taken you. But I also want to hear about your addiction background, because I know that has been a pivotal role in shaping the person, that the beautiful light that I see here today. So what comes up when I start taking you down that memory lane? Well... First off, yeah, these, these are great topics and I, it has been a journey for me with the, with the yoga and the different um, addictions that I did experience in my twenties, mostly. Can, <laughs> mostly. Can I ask, Ali, can I ask what they were? What alcohol, drugs? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, for sure. Alcohol, but I just, you know, I kind of slip into this aren't every 20 year olds like alcoholics? This is why I'm asking Ali. Cause I, um, uh, you know, I've shared a little bit about my story on here, but I can, I yeah. can relate. So keep going. So we know, we know the power behind, you know, the spirit of alcohol and it, it's branched into other things, of course. And so I think for me to, I don't consider cannabis or marijuana a, a drug because it's been very medicinal for my cramps and menstrual cycle purposes, right? 
So I was, I was smoking at like probably 14, 15, 16, drinking, trying mushrooms, all the curiosity things. And when it led more into 18, 19, 20, early twenties, mid twenties, I was really into cocaine and ecstasy was my, ecstasy was my choice of a drug. I actually, yeah, I won't go down too much, but I'm, I'm interested. I, I'm interested in that, but let me ask you a question with this. Why, why do you think this cascade occurred? Was, was there a searching? Was there a longing? What was the, I know you've probably spent time analyzing this. So this is why I ask, what do you think was the why behind this urge? Yeah, I think, well, with any kind of addiction and personally for me, yes, I was feeling an empty space inside of me that I hadn't discovered until later when I discovered yoga and I discovered myself. So it was definitely external factors and highly activated in the second chakra, like super pleasurable stuff, whether it be sex with just random people or, or just, um, you know, the ecstasy I loved because it brought out, it opened the heart. And I, I really, I'm, I love that vibration. Right. So I was actually a lot, I had a lot of anger and resentment inside of me and it probably for sure, I've done lots of work around it. It stemmed from me not really getting to know my biological father, even though I love my stepdad and I'm so grateful he raised me. It's just, there was that disconnection of my first male archetype. Mm. And so I was, you know, it, it reflected the relationships with men and yeah, with, with the alcohol and then the, I just like that higher fun vibration. I, I didn't think I could get it. Now I know from breathwork and yoga, you can get so, there. It's interesting, Ali, because I think a lot of us look at, I know I did, a lot of us can look at these states of ecstasy, these states of intensity, these states of just going, yeah, we can see them as someone who's sort of maybe blind, someone who's sort of just, you know, in the corner shooting up in a, in a space of darkness. But I didn't hear that with what you just said. What I heard was someone seeking a higher state mm-hmm. and that higher state may not have been the most conducive for growth, but it was still a soul looking for a higher state of being. Does that resonate? Yes. And it also really tapped into, and this is where I don't think it's a, it was a bad, bad thing for me. There was moments where I was like, Ooh, I gotta like change my path here. But most of the time it was quite beautiful where I was tapping into a deeper part of my creativity. I got really into dancing, really into writing. Not that I needed those drugs to do that. Speaking of dancing, I think this is a, this is a cool segue. (laughs) Let me, I want to, I want to ask something here with the, with the break dancing, you have a break dancing history. Does this, how does this factor into the, the oh. addictions, the drugs? What, how did that come into that? Yeah, it's all plays a part. I mean, I was big, big into the rave scene. We used to produce them. Like I had my best friend was a DJ. My boyfriend was a producer. And so we would put on these big raves and, you know, we were providing the happy go lucky drugs at these raves. And so that's when I got really into how my body can really move and directions it can go. And then it transferred into just 
more of the hip hop scene where there was, yeah, a lot of drinking and smoking pot. It wasn't, you know, crazy, but it provided me an outlet, a creative outlet to release the anger that I had built up in me. Instead of going up and punching someone, I would say, let's battle. Let's, let's see your moves. That was like, and it was very ego based, right? And so I could see all that after the fact when you're in it, you're in it. You don't, you don't see. It's, yeah. It's funny, you know, and we'll probably talk about this in a bit here, but when it comes to our energetic body and the emotions and the feelings that move through us, we need to get into a relationship where we create the space for this energy to flow. And hearing your story, I know you became a bit more conscious of this, <laughs> to say the very least, at the, as you started progressing, but these outlets became that channel, right? They became mm-hmm. that channel and that, and that spirit that was seeking the higher expression externally now had a space within inside of you to express itself internally, right? Because of that space you were creating with the break dancing, you know, even you mentioned, you know, smoking marijuana and I, and I'm so happy you, you, you described that as a plant medicine or something that can be very medicinal because I found, especially when you connect it to, you know, dancing, creativity, and even in the act of love with someone, it, it really creates a, it creates that space within the body, right? It allows that space to be felt more, even if we are a bit disconnected. Does that resonate? Mm, Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's been part of my, my journey and, and medicine, like I said, so it's, I'm, I'm never going to put it down. I won't smoke it a lot. Maybe it's like once a month, (laughs) but it's, it's part of, of my medicine. If I do have pain in that area. You're based in Canada, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a, for a long time, it's been very medicinal and, you know, compared to most places in the world seen in much more of a therapeutic lens right and i think that probably mirrored in your expansion in it correct yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think we'd still have programming around it though that yeah. oh we're doing something bad and uh, you know <laughs> you can blame you can blame the collective for that you can blame the rest of the world i think we're all very interconnected in that way yeah. ali let me i want to maybe fast forward a little bit in your journey so you had this you had these uh these moments of and I'm projecting onto you here, so correct me if I'm wrong. You had these moments of the, sort of the dark night of the soul and you you started to realize more of yourself. Where did the sort of the, the yoga practitioner, the yogini, beautiful soul start to express itself in this journey? What Tell me a bit about how that came into your life. Mm-hmm. Well, you're very intuitive, so you're not projecting. But it definitely emerged after the fact that, well, I was in like Saturn return 28, 29, 30. And no, I know that feeling well. Yeah, you're in it. I can't believe how young you are. It's just, you have a wise old soul. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it was around the, t- that I, it, the moment I got off of the Vans warp tour, I went on this big summer tour as a break dancer and it was a party life, rock star style, you name it. That was my experience of living like a rock star. And I just knew that for me, I felt like there was something bigger, deeper, 
just more expansive to step into. And I was always healthy when I was younger. I was an athlete. I was a track star. So I already had that in me where eating good foods and being particular about what I ate. And so it came around 20, I would say about 28 after I got uh, an ankle injury in skateboarding and I needed to heal. And so someone suggested me to go to this hot yoga class and I was like, okay, I'll go, whatever. But my mom used to do it with her friend and they were just, it was all like, you know, old lady floozy. And I thought, mm, whatever. But I actually, the second I had my first class, I was just like, wow, this is home. How come I haven't been doing this? What is this? Why am I not doing it? Like it just How did it brought feel? open. How did it feel, Allie? Well, it was it was just a remembering. It was like, mm-hmm. don't you remember this? This is, and this is your home. It was inviting me to go back into my home. Um, and perhaps moments where I was high on ecstasy, it was, it was that elation, you know, expansion. And so I continued doing it. And then I decided to teach because I was just a natural teacher. I I just like this natural guide. I stepped into like the leadership role very easily for me. And I just felt people need to know more about this. People need to feel what I'm feeling right now without drugs. (laughs) I have a question that's bubbling up that I'm interested in Ali. And it, you stoked, you stoked it by what you said about the remembering piece of this and a big part of what I do in this world, you know, that this, this, this podcast is called the cosmic love antenna. And that is what I offer as the practitioner and the coach that I am. It's the transformation that I help people move through. And a part of that transformation is bringing in ancestral healing, bringing in the ancestors, bringing in our past lives that can support us with the expression that we have in this life. And I'm interested, Ali, if you've spent time or you've had some downloads or maybe you've had some dreams around some lives that you've had as a yogic practitioner or as someone that's maybe played around with this modality before. Has any of that come into your awareness? Mm. I, got, I got goosebumps at the back of my neck, just, just letting you know, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> You're so funny. Um, well, I'm thinking of, as, as in ancestral in my lineage, that well, what you mean, or? I mean both. So, I, I, and thank you for asking because that's that's confusing for people. So, when I say ancestral, I either mean someone in your mother, mother line or father line behind you, an ancestor that has had these same experiences mm. that's passing on the gifts to you, mm. or a past life where you've had a previous incarnation where you've been someone who has been deep, deeply in this yogic art form. Right, right. Okay. Um, well, I think directly in this lifetime, I experienced my my grandma's wisdom of natural health. And I, and I think I really honored that and what she went through from moving from Scotland in the war and transitioning into Canada. But I think the real deep part of my spiritual being, and I and it's like bringing up tears right now. I, I don't even know why, because I never really thought about this before. And I have, I guess. But I don't really have a clear answer to it. But my father is indigenous. So he's Blackfoot. 
um, tribe. And so that resonates as in why I have this spiritual foundation mm-hmm. naturally, I think. I know. <laughs> you, you said your father or your grandfather, your father, right? My dad. He's yeah. alive currently? No, he passed okay. on. So interesting. Mm-hmm. I, and tell me if this is a bit too much, Ali, I'm just sharing this because it's coming up. I would, you know, I would encourage you to bring more of him into this that you're doing, right? Because I think that feeling and that emotion that you just taught, talked about coming up in this moment, I don't think that's a coincidence right now. And I, I you know, I'm, you've heard me speak about these things before, but, you know, I think the reason I had that question is that spiritual nature that you have, that is not a, it is not a alley thing. It is not a, you know, you've obtained it because you've done the yoga. You've obtained it because you've been through the pain. It was there the whole time, right? You Mm. said it yourself. It was a remembering. Mm. And that remembering is on a scale, on a spectrum I've, I've noticed. And how we lean more into the spectrum, how we lean more into the scale is by asking and requesting. And we often forget that one of the ways we can ask and request is through our ancestors, our parents, the people behind us. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'd love to hear how this resonates with you, Ali, but I would also encourage you, you know, with this stepping forward, bring him in, right? And don't bring him in just to like, I, I need help with my yoga. I need to make a course. Just bring him in purely from that spiritual expansion perspective. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a connection. There's a connection there for sure. I feel it in my physical body every day because I think I mentioned this to you when we were talking about toe fungus <laughs> and how I have Tourette syndrome. And I remember. This, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> this twitch on one side. And it's like every time I do it, that's a part of his DNA. Like that's a part of him coming through me. And maybe. Perhaps, maybe, I'm just unfolding all this right now in front of you, but maybe this, that is the reason why I can't let go of the twitch is because I, for some reason, can't let go of some attachment that I have to that. Yeah, I would sit with that for sure. I would definitely yeah, sit with totally. that for sure. I would also add into this and we'll, I want to mix things up here in a second and talk about something else because I want to make mm-hmm. sure I get as much value and love out of you as possible, Ali, but this is important. I would also look at the perspective and the lens in which you view the fungus and the Tourette's from, right? Mm. Remember that our body, and this goes to everyone here, the symptoms and the expression of our body is there to help us, right? So often we see, so let's use Tourette's as an example, right? It's very easy, even as the individual or someone looking in at someone else who has that affliction, we could see that as Oh, that's negative. That's something that needs to be moved away that we need to fix that quickly because that's a, that's a stain on that person's energetic resonance. Mm-hmm. Is it that, or is it a deep state of communication that's trying to be interpreted? Is it something that's trying to be expressed through you? And if you clearly had the open mind and open heart to see it as that communication, the message will be received and then the symptom will disappear. So mm-hmm. I often feel it is the story we tell ourselves about the symptoms that restricts the answer from coming. Right. Does that right. make sense what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Right. So I think uh, sit with that too. Yeah. And again, bring 
him in. And this is, this is not an alley thing. This is an everyone thing I've noticed in my life. And I've noticed people that I get to support our ancestors and our spiritual guides and support team. They're never not there. They're always there. The thing that changes is our ability to be receptive and be open to them. And we can turn that switch on and off at a, at a, at a whim. Yeah. Yeah. And some people need plant medicines like ayahuasca to get there. <laughs> Ooh, well, that's a, that's a whole other can of worms and maybe we'll yeah. come back to, we'll come back to that one, Ali, but I want to shift here kind of, and it's not really a shift because it does match into what we're saying. And I want to ask you about something else that you're very passionate about that I'm also passionate about. And I think it's why we, our hearts came together in many ways. And it's this union of the yogic practice, the the body of the, of, of yoga and moving the body to, you know, and we're going to come back to why I think that's very important mm-hmm. soon, but now the chakra system, right? So the, the connection of yoga and the chakra system in something that we can share and, and, and express with other people. So I'm wondering, Ali, where does this fit into your story and why is this something that you are now so passionate about expressing with the world? Hmm. Well, I, when I first learned about them, um, I learned when I was younger, my mom had posters around the wall, you know, hippie as she was. <laughs> I love, I, I love your mom. The, she sounds like a beautiful being. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> she's passed, but she's still amazing. <laughs> um, so I learned a little bit and then it wasn't until I dived into yoga where we learned actually which one each means and this and that, but energetically I've never saw them or felt them until I actually was in a plant ceremony (laughs) with ayahuasca. And I was like, the heart chakra was just like vibrating crazy. And I just saw it. I saw it. And so for once I started to tune in deeper to them and do work around them as in whether it's Reiki or energy work or doing something to help it, you know, wearing the colors, the stones, all the things. Then I, and I started to do gut health and I cleaned up my gut and that was just, well, for one, it's just like, put me right back into my personal power. (laughs) And I started to feel the resonance of them more vibrant just because I was cleaning up that part of my body. Um, And so I just really believe in that the energetics of who we are and, and, and honoring the emotional part of us in order to support the physical. And that's why I, I'm bringing them into light of other people and they're learning about them, which is great. If you're listening to this episode, you're probably loving Ali's expression of what she was just explaining there, because this is something that I talk about a lot as well. And it's this bridge and connection that I am really fascinated about with the chakra system, how they can bring the multiple facets of what we are together, right? You talked about the gut and how, you know, as someone maybe new to this listening, you might be thinking how how is there a connection between these, these things that I saw on my mom's poster in her yoga studio and my leaky gut? And the answer is, you know, it's all of the connection because the chakras I've experienced exactly the way that Ali has, they are the gateway. And again, the bridge that brings our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies together in many ways. And I, in my personal experience, 
similar to yours, Ali, they were a framework in which I could add everything on top of, right? So mm-hmm. I could see my leaky guts and I could connect it to my my willingness to give my power and voice away at work, or I could see my lower hip pain and connect that to the argument I had with my dad, my dad, because he was, he was infringing on my sense of safety, security, and support, right? It's, it's a beautiful little tapestry that we can go to different angles in, but I'm interested, Ali, right now we record this episode during, you know, it's this, it's, it's at the time of this recording, it's, April, March, 2022, and we've, we've just come out of COVID, you know, a lot of things are happening in Europe and the Ukraine. And I, 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 as an individual, I'm looking at these events and I'm always asking myself, as I'm sure many people are, you know, I, as the individual, what can I do? And I'm interested in your perspective, Ali, bringing this back to the chakra system, how can the chakra system be a framework and a tool set to help us be a light, not just only for ourselves, but to give love out into the world when people need it most? Mm, Yeah, such a great question. So I think the important part is really to tune into your own energy field of each each one, get to know each one, and each one has a different vibration, frequency, sound. And to, I always start from foundation. I always start from the base just because I feel like I need that. It's like building a building. You don't just start pouring cement at the top. You could, it depends on who you are and what your journey is. But for me, I needed to have that foundation. So I kind of build upon that. And then once you get more into the heart, which is where I think everyone, like you said, that that is the bridge of spirit and matter. And so we need to drop into that space and understand our own love system and that we are love and vibrate from that space because we can't change the world. And I always say this, I'm trying to change the world one yogi at a time with my training, but we can't change. We, if, if we're in our heart space or in that feminine and there was females running the world, we would not have war. <laughs> like it's true. So <clears throat> you want to well, let me, yeah. That? <laughs> so let's, uh, that's an interesting point. And I agree, but I don't. And let me explain mm-hmm. why I, and if people have heard me speak before, maybe you're from Clubhouse, you've heard me speak on Clubhouse. And one of the powerful souls that I get to speak with a lot is uh, the the beautiful naturopathic doctor, Dr. Taggy. And she she has this point and it really resonates with me. And I think it applies to what you're saying here, Ali. And it's this idea of, you know, we live in a we live in a society where the physical male has it's 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 overcome the global system right and from your perspective if the physical female stepped in to really you know show her feminine energy that would bring balance and i agree however i think we could take it a step further i think we could take it a step deeper and this is what dr taggy asserts and i'll explain here i i believe it's a it's a balance between each of our feminine and masculine energies, right? It lets detach 
from the physical male and the physical female. Let's go deeper and see the balance between the masculine and the feminine as in each and every one of us. And I think it's that balance that we need in every individual. Take away the actual physical sex, take away the physical male, the physical female. I think there's been, there's definitely been a, a cutting down of the divine feminine, but I also think there's been a cutting down of the divine masculine in many ways. So the answer here, just to sum this up and throw it back to you, is I don't think a promotion of one. I think it's a promotion of both in a balance that is what is needed. Does that, mm. does that resonate? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I probably would have gone there. Like, I was just on a little rant, but, but I definitely agree with that. And because it's in us all. We all have it in us. It's just that the patriarch, like it is overtaken, maybe a little bit more on the masculine yeah. side. And and sorry, just because I'm just passionate about this. The patriarch is a man that is devoid of the feminine, mm-hmm. right? Think about the patriotic, patriarchal figures that have controlled in the past. I don't think you could you could notice any divine feminine energy within those figures. Why? What are what were they? They were controlling. They were action taking. They were all consuming. These are these are symptoms. These are elements of the divine masculine. They're not mm-hmm. inherently bad, but if that is all there is, what do you create? You create imbalance. So if you think about all the patriarchal figures in your mind that were in the physical male body, think about what would be different if you now added the divine feminine to them, mm-hmm. right? There mm-hmm. would be a shift. Sorry, yes. Ali, now you're making me passionate. And, Does that and now make sense? It's, now it's not even bringing the female into play. Like you can't just bring in Hillary Clinton and then it's all going to be good because she's way on the masculine side. Exactly. So that is my point. That is my yeah, point. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I derailed so you. Keep, keep going about the yeah, world thing. We? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember where we were. We're talking about, you're talking about, adding the chakras to the oh, right. world. Yes, yes, right. Yes, yep. yes. Um, I was just really saying to vibrate from that heart space, you know, and understand that we are, we are love and it's, it's really hard to shift anything in the world. If you're not starting with yourself first, like it's, it's just not possible. And I feel like once we all recognize our self-responsibility, self-accountability, self-love, then we can move from that space and, uh, and not reaching out externally, hence the addictions that we talked about, reaching out externally for things instead of finding things inside and then it vibrates outwards. And that's what you talk about all the time because you're self-love God. <laughs> I, let, let's do guru. Guru sounds better guru. for me, but you can, God works too. Um, <laughs> so, well, I, I like goddess. So I yeah, mean. God, goddess works. So... I, the point here that I hope people are picking up from the sort of chakra system and how it can impact the world around us is that the, and this is what, again, what I teach in the cosmic love antenna, the, the, the extent in which we go inwards in this case, working with the chakra system is the extent in which our energetic field resonates outwards. And if you look at the work of the heart math Institute, it's just one example, right? They're showing now that the heart has an electromagnetic frequency right and the more that you you concentrate on expanding your heart space and ali i don't know if you've reached the end of that yet i'm yet to find a limit in which that depth can be found right so there's always more 
yeah, there's always more work that could be done. So now you look at, okay, if there's always more work to be done, think about how far that that field can expand, right? how far that loving field can impact the world around me. So I'll wrap this up here and I want to ask you some other questions here, Ali, but when we're trying to connect to the collective, you have two options. You can either go out into the world and, and do all the external elements, or again, you can go inwards in your space of introspection, set an intention. I want to help the Ukraine. I want to help the people suffering from COVID. And that heart loving energy is going to impact the collective. Mm-hmm. And yet it does take balance because you can't just go in introspective because sometimes that can lead to escapism. Yes, meditation is brilliant, mm. but you need action. <laughs> now you're talking about spiritual bypassing. Now you're yes, talking about exactly. being the monk on the mountain that's in the cave and doesn't come back down into reality to be the human in the human experience. Yeah. And that's not a whole, feel, feels yeah. like everything's positive. It's all good. Yep. And now, <laughs> yeah, now we're talking about sort of another sort of <laughs> rabbit hole and maybe we'll get into it, but it's this idea of, you know, it's where we're killing the ego comes in, right? It's where sort of destroying the ego and bypassing the ego is like, we can do that from time to time, but then we forget the human body that lives in that grounded experience, right? That yeah. needs the feeling, that needs the sensation, that needs the sex and the touch and all the things. Yeah. On that, Ali, let's shift here a little bit. And I want to make this even more practical for people because I know you're really good at this. We've been, we're talking about the chakra system. We're talking about helping the world with it. How do we met now make this a practice? Right. So we just gave some examples of meditating and mm-hmm. setting intentions and visualizing. I'm interested in your daily life, you know, when you're not teaching and sharing your beautiful light with the world. What does tuning into these centers look like for you at a very practical level that maybe you can give some people some guidance when they're listening to this? Mm, okay. Perfect. Um, so, first thing, I obviously, when I wake up in the morning and I do my meditation, I place my hand in certain areas and whether I get different temperature changes or, you know, a sensation in my, my, that area of my physical body, um, or I visualize and I have a vision come up. So whatever it is, I let it flow with, I'm kind of open to whatever's I'm receiving. And then and then usually I do a, like a little mini just check. It, that's my mini check-in. <laughs> and then I ground myself. And I, like I said before, I go from root to crown. And just whether that's vibrating the Bijal mantras or, or you, coming in. Sorry to interrupt you, Ali, but do you go up and down? Um, yes. Well, I go up to each one. And then I just kind of do a flushing. And it's usually just white light <laughs> like to come back down. So I don't usually go from crown to root, but it depends. It really does depend. Um, and so then uh, I will either go into, if I'm outside and I'm by the ocean and it's not winter and snowy in Canada, <laughs> I'll go outside and go barefoot and just get really grounded into the earth and let the sun come on my body. Did you have something to say? No. Okay. No, I just, I'm just I'm taking it all in, Ali. And these okay. are beautiful little tips here. I'm just imagining, right? I'm imagining all these practices, and you know, the sunbathing 
maybe we'll get into, but keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So grounding in, into the earth, whatever that may be for you, or for me, it's in Canada when you can't go barefoot. Actually, I have gone with wool socks. So the important part is you can't have rubber in between your feet to connect to the earth. And then just walking in nature with the dog or wherever it is. Um, and then grounding yoga practices, whether that be hip openers and or feeling the roots in the feet from your standing postures. Um, and then I work up to second chakra where there's flow and I'll dance and I'll, you know, like you'll get into more flow things, creativity, I'll write poetry, that kind of thing and tune into my sensuality. Um, now what other things as I'm doing throughout the day though, if I feel something off, I will maybe give it light or food that represents to that certain chakra. Like maybe let's let's pause there because that's a, that's a question I have that I want to get your feedback on, but let's go back a bit here. And I hope beautiful listeners in the cosmos connecting into this episode today, I hope you're writing down some of these elements because I feel a lot of the time within the inner world, whether it be through our emotional health, mental, and in this case, spiritual reconnection, sometimes things can get very abstract, esoteric, and there's a time and a place for those things. As someone who likes to spend a lot of time in those areas, I can, I can speak to, but we want to make things practical too, right? We want to take action, right? We don't want to be the monk on the mountain all the time. We want to be the person that's living this human experience and getting out into the dirt and the metaphorical mud of it all. And so I'd really encourage you to take Ali's words and start practicing these things. And you don't have to do all of the things, just do one, right? That sun, that sun worship. And I'm careful with that word because it's not, I wouldn't say it's worship. It's just being in a relationship with the sun Mm. is a powerful element in itself. Right. And I know at the time of this recording, it's, it's very cold where you are in the world, Ali, and it's summer here. So after this podcast, I'm going to go take off some clothes and get into the sun. But the reason I'm bringing this up and highlighting this is one of the centers, the chakra centers, and maybe I can get your feedback on this, Ali. One of the chakra centers that I feel a lot of people have difficulty tuning into is that crown center, right? Because it is really the tip top of that spiritual being and the, and the, our antenna with the world. And a lot of us feel like that crown means our connection to the collective and it does, but we often overlook it's also the connection to the natural world. It's also the connection to nature. It's also connection to the animal world. And in this instance, it's the connection to the sun itself. So mm-hmm. and- one, what do you, how do you feel about this? Does this resonate, Ali? And two, how would you encourage someone to lean more, even more into this, this sun and crown dynamic? Mm, yeah. So I mean, I am definitely a sun worshiper. I'll use that word because it's healed so much of me. And I do a lot of sun gazing, but you have to be careful the time of day you do it. (laughs) Uh, And that also opens up the sixth chakra in sun gazing, right? Pineal gland. Pineal gland, yeah. So it gets calcified in so many different ways. And we talked about that earlier. Um, But this, this crown idea of people thinking it's this you know, samadhi, bliss, enlightenment, all-encompassing spiritual realm, sure. But there's, you were born a whole complete spirit being enlightened as you are. And so we, no matter when it develops, or I think it's just there, 
<laughs> whether we know how to access it or not. But yes, the sun can be very illuminating for that. That's a beautiful choice of words, the illumination. And I guess just to wrap up this point and I have another burning question that's bubbling up, Ali. See the sun, you know, in this instance as another expression of you, right? And we have such an unhealthy relationship and this is why I'm bringing this up. We have such an unhealthy relationship, a lot of it programmed in my opinion, seeing the sun as this evil thing that we need to hide from, that we need to spend and that we need to be careful and slap on all of these chemicals in our skin and hide and make sure that we're having as little exposure. And I want to be very careful of my words, sun cancer, skin cancer, burning is a very real thing, but the extent in which these happen and the, the warning signals that we innately have to help us not go to that extreme are not talked about, right? For example, mm. just to give a slight little tangent here, our, our eyes, as you said, are connected to our skin, right? So the, the amount of sun that is coming in through my eyes tells my skin cells how much, how much melanocytes to produce. Melanocytes are the, are the type of skin cells that, that help us protect from the skin uh, radiation. We also, based off the food that we eat, that also produces our natural sunscreen. Right. So for example, if I'm eating a lot of hydrogenized, like refined, yeah, phytonutrients, but if I'm eating a lot of the commercialized refined vegetable oils, right, mm -hmm. these kinds of oils actually produce a skin that is more receptive to being burnt. Mm. So I give these examples to encourage people within this relationship with the chakras and the sun, dive a bit deeper. Right. If you're, if you're listening to this and like, wait, Harrison, Ali, I don't want to go out in the sun. I don't want to get burnt. I'm scared. Move through that, right? Move through that. Use this conversation to be like, maybe that isn't the full story. Maybe there's a bit more here that I can do to open myself up to this beautiful relationship and thus expand my crown mm -hmm. center. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, go, go, go for it. Can I? Okay. Yeah, I love this topic. Thanks. Um, because it is so amazing how we've been so programmed to think that it is a bad thing for us when it really is life. Like we have sun and moon in us. And that's what we talk about in Hatha Yoga, Ha's sun, Tha's moon. And it is the essential nutrients. People, people actually, if you do it correctly, like there's ways to not go in the sun at two in the afternoon and stare blatantly at the sun. No, you just have to be smart about it. But I believe that, yes, I, sun, wearing sunglasses all the time is not a good thing. And people you, will you disagree said, with that. <laughs> and you said that, yeah, the reason that you said that, just to make this connection for people, you said that because the, at the sunglasses, that's why I brought up that fact, the sunglasses stop that communication between the eyes and the skin. Keep going. Yes, Keep going. and whatever substances in those lenses is coming into your body, right? And, and so, I guess... The lens, right? And I'm not saying don't wear sunglasses all the time. No, you can still wear them, but be aware that if you're wearing a sunglass that has is tinted beyond all measure, that is disrupting the eye's ability to tell the skin that it's the intensity that is needed right now. So thus I need to produce this amount of, of protection so I don't get burnt. So if you wear those sunglasses, that communication isn't as effective. Keep going. Right, right, right. Yeah. And some people are more susceptible. I, I, I get it. You know, whether you have different pigment um, 
and that makes sense, but it does relate to the foods that you eat definitely affects it as well. And, and sitting at, getting sun from inside a window is not a good thing either. You, you actually need to be out <laughs> in it. Um, so if you are sun gazing, make sure it's right when the sun comes up and right when the sun goes down and you're actually shading your eyes quite, quite a bit, like there's different ways to do it. Yeah. It's interesting, Ali, and I can feel your passion. It's so, it's so, it's so exciting how all of these things connect together, right? All of these, this is why this is not just a energetic and emotional chat here. We can see that we're bringing in physical elements because we are a system of systems that works synergistically together, right? The way that we do one thing is the way that we do all things. So this is not just a Har Ali and Harrison talking about going inside and connecting to my heart space. This is also a, oh, what am I putting on my skin? What am I putting in my mouth? Which segues me, Ali, that I want to ask you here to a question I have for you. And it's really the idea about the importance of the physical within our spiritual connection, right? We often overlook, and I'll keep, I'll go back to that example that you gave of the monk on the mountain reaching their samadhi states. And that is a very powerful space to be. But, and I want to hear your insights on this, we didn't come here to do that. We came here to be that as a part of the story, but there's a big part of the story of being in the body and the human experience. So I'm wondering your insights, Ali, where do you find the importance of the physical body within the spiritual conversation? Mm, it's so good. I just wanted to add one little and tie a little bow on that sun thing with the third chakra, but that's okay. Like just, It connects. Third chakra, connects. yeah, coming into that personal power. Okay. I just had that on my mind. <laughs> so with the physical body and our spiritual relationship with it and, and why we've reincarnated and chosen this form. Um, well, it's a vehicle. It's, it's a vehicle to transcend some of this stuff. And we, and we need, we needed a vehicle to, to do some of the practical things. We, we want to be grounded. We don't want to be up in the air all the time. So there's this relationship of even we were talking about masculine and feminine and sun and moon and the dualities. But when you come into the work that we do in yoga and meditation, and this could spiral into something else, but is getting into more of this equanimous, non-dualistic kind of state. Um, the purpose of our physical body, well, it's just, it's, it's, it's giving us messages right? I mean, that's what I think. It's my insights of different, well, it's, it's called symptoms, <laughs> but we, in the work we do, we, we like to get to more the root of the cause of what's happening. Um, but I feel like it's just a messenger. It's a messenger. Let me take that messenger, Ali, and I'll <laughs> double down on it. So yes, 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 I think it is a beautiful messenger, but I also think it is the structure in which our spiritual love, our spiritual energy can be blasted into the cosmos. And let mm -hmm. me explain why, right? We, in my cosmic love antenna analogy, right? I'll explain it for people here again. We think of a satellite tower or a phone tower on top of a mountain, maybe detached from the horrible EMF frequencies that are connected to it. The, uh, the metaphor is that there is two parts of it. There is the beautiful frequency that moves through it. And then there is the structure in which allows that frequency to be expanded 
into the valley. And within this metaphor, the physical body is the structure of the, of the satellite of the antenna that helps the energy flow. Mm-hmm. Right? So I would maybe encourage people to sit with the idea. How have you been able to spiritually connect when you have felt physically, energetically low? How have you been able to physically connect when the previous night you ate some food that disrupted your gut? How were you able to physically connect when the night before you didn't get any sleep at all, right? Mm -hmm. Sit with that question. So not only is the physical body there to help us with the symptoms, to help us understand ourselves more, the physical body is there so the spiritual body can be expansive. Mm -hmm. Like a channel, a conduit. Yeah. So -hmm. so it's I, I highlight this. Ali, because I, we often, we can see how the spiritual supports the physical, but we often mm-hmm. overlook how the physical supports the spiritual. And I right. want people to see this as both ways. Does that resonate? Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Absolutely. with your background, Ali, I think this is why yoga can be so powerful, right? Because think about what traditionally yoga is. Yoga mm-hmm. is that, is supporting the physical body and maybe you can correct me here my knowledge you know there's so much and sometimes i forget bits and pieces part of the traditional yoga was helping people stay in a seated position so they could connect inwards correct mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so, yeah it depends yep, on what you're talking about as in what direction you go with it i mean yoga asanas prepare the body to release impurities and detoxify and get you in the state so you can sit in meditation, which is the asana, which is the seat, stilling the, the, the fluctuations in the mind and yeah, getting into that meditative state. So exactly what I'm saying, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's, I just want people to leave with this idea that, you know, e- even if you don't have access to the plant medicines, even if you don't have access to the spiritual mentor, even if you have trouble quietening the mind to start a meditation practice, know that by supporting your physical, you are supporting the spiritual, right? This Mm -hmm. is what it means by raising our vibration, raising our frequency. We do that through our holistic being. Ali, I want to, I have a couple more questions. beautiful relationship. Yes, it really is. It really is. It goes all the ways. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you a question here. And this is more of a sort of just a Harrison it's not a pop question. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a more of a. Maybe you don't have too much knowledge, but I'm just, you know, interested in your beautiful understanding of it and what you feel. I one of the things that I do with people is connect people to their dreams, and I think this factors in to this conversation very, very beautifully because the dreamscape, just very put very simply, is a way in which we can connect into ourselves even more. So I'm wondering from your experience. Ali, with the yoga, with the chakras and this, this journey that you've been on, where have you seen your dreamscape play a role in your expansion? Oh my God. <clears throat> this is a, a question. Minus the, maybe minus the Brad Pitt or including the Brad Pitt. Well, you know, I, I, yes, I do have reoccurring dreams of celebrities, but we won't have to go there. Last night was interesting though. And I would love your insight on this, but I had a dream that I was being chased in the snow. First, we were in a hot air balloon and then we like were landing in the snow and this white lion, which I don't think exists, but in my dreams, they do 
was attacking me. And I was like running away from this and trying to dig a hole in the snow to run away. It was interesting. <laughs> I can give you, I can give you some thoughts on that. So let me ask you a question with this. And just for people listening, the reason I'm bringing this up, because I feel like this, this ties into what we're talking about today, because again, the dreams are just another alley in which our selves express definitely through the energetic and emotional world. Let me ask you a quick question based off that dream. How did you feel when you were being chased? Um, you know, I felt obviously frightened. I, I just, I didn't know if this was going to be the end of my life. I was trying to save my life basically. So yeah, it was good. Good. Scary. Good. So <laughs> I'm going to say a couple of things here and then you can tell me how this resonates. Ali. So for people listening, a big part of what dreams are, are a communication between our unconscious and conscious mind to help us with challenges in our waking state. Most of what is inside of our dreams, and we can, well, I'm thinking already in the future, I'm going to do a bonus episode where I just talk about dreams in themselves. Mm -hmm. But most of what is in our dreams are symbology of us. So remember this sentence, right? The dreamer is always dreaming about the dreamer. So everything in your dreamscape, in most instances, are, are elements, aspects of your consciousness, mm. which means that thing that's chasing you is you, mm. is a part of you that's wanting to get your attention, hence the emotion, right? What is, we've been to, you just talked about the moon and the, and the sun, right? What could yeah. we count the moon as for part of us, our shadow in many ways? right? The, 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 the yin to the yang, right? The darkness that often holds a lot of things that we are ignoring, holds a lot of things that are repressed, that maybe we've pushed back for whatever reason. How this manifests in the dreamscape mm -hmm. is in these scary, you know, nightmares, types of dreams where we're moving away from something that we're fearful of. Does that resonate, Ali? Right. Yeah. Wow. I never even thought of it that way. That's so, so cool. So what I would encourage you to do, my friend, and if you're listening to this, I would also, if you can relate to this kind of dream, is work out what that thing that's chasing you represents. So if you think of the lion, what comes up? What comes up to you in your mind, Ali, as you think well, of the lion? courage. I think a courage. Mm, interesting. So then I would ask yourself the question, why are you running away from your courage? You're, you know, sometimes you're, I slip into the scared of and fear of my own success rather than fear of failure, like the responsibility mm. and the pressure that comes with it. It's the, it's the Marianne Williamson quote, right? It's yeah. the, I'm going to butcher it here, but I'll paraphrase. <laughs> we, it's not that we are scared of of failing, but we are more scared of our deepest, most expansive potential that is inside of us to succeed. Mm. So I don't think you're alone in that alley. Right, so yeah. let's, let's tie a bow on that because again, I, I just wanted to ask, share that with you because I know this is something you're diving into in your expansion and I know it can give value to people listening. I have one more question I want to ask you, my friend, but before I get to that, I want to give you the space as people have been listening to your beautiful voice and the things that you do in this world. 
you know, you're, you are a practitioner, right? You are a yoga certifier. You're, 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 you're getting out into the world and doing beautiful things. Is there anything you want to share with people listening that they can maybe connect you with and start diving deeper with you as the individual? Thank you for the opportunity and uh, space to do this. I'm, I've been running yoga teacher trainings for the last, since 2015. And I just started in 2018 to put them online because I wanted to reach globally. So now we have an online um, yoga studio. I have, I'm going to be offering a 60 hour yoga immersion for people that don't actually want to teach. And then I'll be having more about it and health coaching. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Ali. And what I'll do, what I'll do is for people listening, as always, I will put your details in the show notes. And if you're feeling cold, you're feeling pulled, you're feeling magnetized by Ali's beautiful voice and what she's offering the world, please check out the show notes and you'll see uh, where to meet her, where to connect and all her social and website details. Ali, as we close here, I have one final question I want to ask you. And it's something I ask every single person on this who come onto this podcast with me and big part of the cosmic love antenna is working what our self-love looks like for us, working out what that love word internally means so we can radiate it out into the world. So Ali, I'm interested, how would you define love in your reality? I am. I mean, I could be as simple as that or thy, the vibration really of all creation. So simple, so clear and so deep. I think that often with the love word, we get a bit lost in the abstract esotericness of it, but I think you put it very clearly. Ali, I love you very much. Thank you for spending time with me here today. Thank you for coming onto the show. Thank you for sharing your voice. Beautiful souls out there in the listening world. I love you very much. Thank you for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. I'm wishing all of you a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Ali and myself love you unconditionally. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic.
Electricast. Electricast.